present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us this week in Kingston-upon-Hull, a fine city boasting an impressive history. During Tudor times, Hull's customs levies on Humber shipping resulted in a feud with neighbouring Beverley. Eventually, the nuns at Beverley Convent rose in revolt and laid siege to Hull. This worried Henry VIII, who sent a heavily armed force immediately. He heard the town was being terrorised by the Beverley sisters. <laughs> At the outbreak of World War II, many trawlers were converted as minesweepers, and it was Hull sailors who helped clear the way for Churchill's Allied landings, before he expanded next door as Allied carpets. <laughs> the mighty Humber suspension... <laughs> the mighty Humber suspension breach was opened by the Queen in 1981. Linking Willoughby with Barton-upon-Humber, the structure was at that time the longest and most expensive single-span concrete-supported bridge in the world that connected two places no one wants to go to. (laughs) A famous name associated with Hull is that of Philip Larkin, who was librarian at the university for 30 years. The famous poet, jazz lover and collector of pornography died here in 1985, having contracted terminal tennis elbow. Let's meet the teams. They are four veteran comedians who, after all these years in the business, are simply incapable of writing a bad joke. You'd think by now they'd have progressed at least that far. (laughs) On my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke-Taylor and Andy Hamilton. And taking her, taking her seat next to me, our lovely scorer and assistant, who has for many years been the team's right hand, the delightful Samantha. Okay, we start with a round that's all about mottos. So teams, I'd like you please to suggest mottos likely to be adopted by certain societies, businesses, governments or other organisations. Barry, you can start. Uh, The online uh, auction set up, this is for glue, it's called eBay gum. (laughs) Graham. The motto of Gamblers Anonymous, bet you don't know who we are. Motto of the shoemakers, always knowingly undersold. <laughs> Andy. Virgin Trains, this motto has been withdrawn. <laughs> due to it being the wrong kind of motto. <laughs> the Association of Plagiarists, who dares wins. The Association of Pedicurists, I came, I saw, I corn-cured. 
this is the personal motto of Geoffrey Archer. Uh, a friend in need is a potential alibi. <laughs> One belonging to the literal society. We are the literal society. <laughs> The Jehovah's Witnesses, when one door closes, so do all the others. <laughs> the Car Mechanics Club, piston broke, we can help. <laughs> UKIP, if in doubt, hit a Frenchman. The famous Jamaican-Italian food drive through association. <laughs> Rasta pasta faster. The Oxford English Dictionary. Precision is our what's name. <laughs> David Beckham's brain surgeon. Mind the gap. Hitchcock trusses, <laughs> masses of suspense. <laughs> right, let's move on to some music with one song to the tune of another. This is where the teams sing novel combinations of lyrics and tunes, and I have to say that for me this will be like a dream come true. Does anyone else have that dream? The one where you're trapped in a room with 1,500 other people with their fingers stuck in their ears? <laughs> This round requires musical accompaniment, and listeners will be interested to learn that back in the 70s, our resident pianist played with Johnny Rotten and Sid Vicious, which was when he took the equally off-putting stage name of Colin Sell. <laughs> Okay, we'll start with you, Barry. Would you please sing the words of When I See an Elephant Fly to the tune of Marlena Dietrich's lovely Falling in Love Again? I saw a peanut stand at a rubber band I saw a needle that winked its eye But I think I will have seen everything when I see an elephant lie. <laughs> I saw a front porch swing, heard a diamond ring. I saw a polka dot railroad tie. I was never a Nazi, but I think I will have seen everything. When I see an elephant fly And you actually managed to look like Marlena D. Oh. <laughs> you now, Tim, reducing the words of the old spiritual dry bones to the tune of We'll Gather Lilacs. <laughs> The foot bone connected to the leg bone The leg bone connected to the knee bone The knee bone connected to the thigh bone The thigh bone connected to the back bone 
the backbone connected to the neck bone. The neck bone connected to the head bone. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. Andy, Andy, now, would you sing the words of So Macho by Sinita to the, t- <laughs> to the tune of the Marseillaise? No seven stone weakling Or a boy who thinks he's a girl I'm after a hunt of a guy An experienced man of the world There ain't no way that I'll make do with anything Less than I'm useful If I have a man's right feet Gotta be right, right So mad, so he's got to be So mad, Joe He's got to be big and strong Enough to turn me on He's got to have big blue eyes Be able to satisfy He's got to be big and strong enough to turn me on short ripple for the audience for never once landing on the right beat. <laughs> they, they were just trying to get me through it quicker. I could see through that. I wasn't falling for any of that. And finally, Graham, would you please sing the words of I'm a little teapot to the tune of, to the tune of O Soli Mio. Short and stout Here is my handle Here is my spout When I get all steamed up Hear me shout Tip me over And pour me Right. How fun there was in that. Hang on, there's a misprint. What fun was there in that? (laughs) The teams are now going to bring to the show an element of mystery combined with danger as they play Russian roulette. I've been wanting to play this round for ages, so you can imagine my delight when, while clearing out the children's old dressing up box, I discovered my old service revolver and several rounds of live ammunition. Samantha has been specially cleaning and oiling the trusty old fellow, and I'm pleased to say it's now ready to shoot. (laughs) Now, I have to stress that under no circumstances should this round be tried at home. Neither, for that matter, should any of the others. (laughs) 
On my command, Samantha will pass my revolver to the first player. After spinning the cylinder, this player, through the power of his mind alone, will attempt to divine whether or not the chamber is loaded. If he considers it's not loaded, then he should prove this by placing the gun to his head and pulling the trigger. He should then pass the pistol to his right, if he still can. <laughs> For the next player to repeat the process. Anyone whose paranormal senses tell them that the gun is about to fire should point it away and shoot. I hope you've been listening, teams. I don't want this going in one ear and out the other. <laughs> Okay, Samantha, will you pass the revolver to Graham now, please? Okay, when you're ready, Graham. Uh, thank you, Samantha. <clears throat> Quite heavy, isn't it? Um, right. Uh, better spin the cylinder. And a good old spin. And, um... Can't be too careful. <laughs> right, I'll cock the pistol. And mm, I've got one chance in six here of it being live. I'm pretty sure I'm safe with this one. But just to be extra safe, I'm going to point it out at the audience and <laughs> pull the trigger now. Ah, oh, oh, that oh. was lucky. Oh, oh. <laughs> Could you just pass it over? There you go. Gosh, it is heavy. Just hold it away. I didn't know they had service revolvers at Waterloo. <laughs> right, um, I'll just spin this. I just, I just feel confident about this, and I'm going to fire off five, five shots. Wish me luck. Oh, Sim. Is this sensible? Well, I mean... Okay, here we go. bit stupid, but I got away with it, Baz. Thank you. <laughs> okay, spin, cock, <laughs> and the decision has to be made. I'm going to point it over my shoulder. <laughs> oh, yes. Dear. <laughs> Well, after just, that incident... He's I'm, just grazed. He's all right. Just grazed. He's, yeah. he's briefer. Andy, I'm, I'm shattered, but have the gun now. All right, well, I think I'm fairly safe, so I'll spin. And I'll cock. And I think I'll... I think I'll... I'm sorry, but that cat was really getting on my nerves. <laughs> it's a theatre cat. Theatre cat. Called Lucky. <laughs> um, okay, so that's... Uh, Graham, it's your go again. Okay. Piece of cake now, this. There we go. Oh! Oh, they're firing back at us. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
dance in a circle. <laughs> Our next round takes a look at odd medical conditions. In fact, I understand our own Timbrook Taylor has recently been suffering a very rare tropical disease. Frostbite. <laughs> the round operates like a standard doctor's surgery in which the patient describes the symptoms of his complaint upon which the doctor will base his diagnosis. To add a touch of realism, the teams have been waiting outside for three hours reading a 1978 edition of Knitting Pattern Monthly. <laughs> okay, we'll start with you, Tim and Andy. You're suffering from an unusual medical complaint and have just been called for your appointment with doctors Barry and Graham. The identity of your complaint is now being displayed to the audience via the laser display screen. For listeners at home, here's the mystery voice. Tim and Andy have John Prescott syndrome. John Prescott syndrome. Right, Tim and Andy, start outlining your complaint now, please. Well, it, it, it's a communication dis disorder. It's, um, it's an inability to get... Tim's got it as well, I've got a bit of it, because sometimes I can't quite get, get to... To the end of the, 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 those things. Got, but actually, I want to go back on something that yeah. you said earlier, Carry because it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's quite an interesting thing. No, but... No, be quiet, I'll have to punch you. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's a fear, it's a fear of the end of, the, the it, end of things. It, but, it, it, but, but you never quite reach no, the... And uh, no, and no-one ever quite knows no, what you've been... No, but you, no, no. But you, you, you never know if you're going to get there. No, no, but, but everyone's even, listening Even then. with two cars. On centre yeah. hooks. Yeah. Two cars. <laughs> <laughs> that, it, well, that, that, well, that's it. Yeah. There couldn't be a hull connection, could there? <laughs> there could be. Yeah. There could be. But this is just nonsense, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, nonsense is involved. Think, I, don't, yeah. I don't think that's entirely fair, because if you go, we have been consistent in our... In, in consistent? Our, consistent? Just getting to the end of the fear, the fear, the fear the, of the full, the full yeah. thingy and the, yeah. Yeah. the, the commas and the... Eight. I think you, you two are suffering from being the person who rather frighteningly, is occasionally in charge of the country. <laughs> it, it's John Prescott syndrome, or to use the correct medical term, gramophobia. All oh, right. <laughs> OK, your turn to be the patient's Barry and Graham, and you've just been summoned into the surgery of Dr Andy and Dr Tim. The identity of your mystery medical condition will now be displayed to the audience via the laser display board, while here again is a mystery voice for listeners at home. Barry and Graham think they are snowmen. Barry and Graham think they are snowmen. Barry and Graham, would you outline your symptoms, please? Yeah, and well... And Tim and Andy, will you guess? <laughs> right, is it, I'm off. Is <laughs> it me or is it hot in here? Oh, <laughs> It's dripping off me. Oh, I don't know. It, it's, it's just general feeling of no get up and go. Really. No, I know. <laughs> Smell of carrots is driving me mad. <laughs> and I've got that gritty feeling in my eyes. <laughs> Can you see anything? Can you see anything in that eye? What coal dust does? Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. Is this a, is this a, a um, is it seasonal? It's seasonal, yeah. Well, I'm losing weight and it gets worse in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> I 
look at me, my, my arms are like twigs. <laughs> I'm not I've really... got this clay pipe and I don't even bloody smoke. <laughs> That's why you lost your legs, is it? You get... <laughs> is that an icicle or are you pleased to see me? <laughs> Do you, do you ever feel like you're sort of walking in the air at all? Oh, or? please! <laughs> so, so, oh, I think you're abominable. <laughs> and you could be snowman. <laughs> On we go to the next game. The teams are now going to take us back to the golden age of correspondence. The art of letter writing has largely died out these days, in part thanks to our country's declining standards of literacy, which are absolutely appalling. It says here, appealing. <laughs> in, this, in this round, each team will take it in turns to improvise the letters of two famous historical figures who corresponded with one another. Tim and Andy will start by composing a letter from Neville Chamberlain to Adolf Hitler. Then Barry and Graham will come up with the reply and so on. However, the challenge is that the letters must be constructed by each panellist, alternating one word at a time. Right, off you go, Tim and Andy. Dear... Mr. Hitler. Who? Do. You. Think. You. Are. If. I. Ask. In. My. Humble. Way. Is. It. True. That. You only have. <laughs> Recently, <laughs> invaded One country, namely Poland. Yours, Edna <laughs> Smith. PP Adolf. No, so Neville <laughs> Chamberlain. Mine. Here, yeah. Nev. I very much enjoyed your letter, <laughs> but I have to say that I am very, very disturbed. Full stop. <laughs> However, we would like to see your smiling armies going through the outskirts of Berlin as we are ready and able and willing and Eager and (laughs) 
it. Although we are not very confident or assured or complacent, although we are convinced and Confident that we will win. Yours sincerely. <laughs> Full. Adolf. <laughs> well, it's very nearly the end of the show, but it's just time to squeeze in a round of lawyer's songbook. Samantha has to nip out now. She tells us she's just qualified to become a magistrate, judging the cases of criminals, and is very keen to try a few hardened ones on the bench. <laughs> so while she's away, I'd like you teams to suggest titles of songs that might appeal to an audience drawn from the legal profession. Graham, will you start, please? I'm going to sit right down and charge you £500 for a letter. <laughs> Tim, who were you with last night? <laughs> How can you believe me when I said I loved you when you know I've been a lawyer all my life? Andy. Um, the, the slightly sycophantic Malud, Malud, glorious Malud. <laughs> Wouldn't it be robbery? <laughs> Do you know the way to sue Jose? Hit me with your libel writ by Ian, <laughs> by Ian Jury. Uh, I've got one that would, is very popular with barristers. Does your chewing gum lose its flavour on the bedpost overnight, yes or no? <laughs> QC, QC, Gander. <laughs> Sitting in the dock of the Bailey. <laughs> Unchained felony. <laughs> Paint your wig on. <laughs> Ain't no maintenance high enough. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> is the end of this week's show. But if you missed any of the broadcasts, tuned in late or have only just switched on, then you can visit the BBC website where there are full, easy-to-follow instructions on how to read a wristwatch. <laughs> so from the team, Samantha, myself, and the good folk of Hull, it's goodbye. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Andy Hamilton and Tim Brooke Taylor were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sal setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson, and the producer was John Naismith. <laughs>